BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar, but to be honest... There was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass. Or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted. And the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice. And that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring y'all to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram. No Marcus today, but with me per usual, my master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? And I am fired up to announce that rejoining us after way too long, the host of the Steinian Guru Show on 95.7 The Game, an Emmy award-winning TV personality, a man who has covered every angle of the Golden State Warriors for more than two decades, and a guy who won the best news story of the year while reporting on the last time the Warriors had a physical beef at a practice. Mr. Matt Steinmetz, what's going on, Matt? Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that introduction. Yeah, I was um, <laughs> desperately trying to kiss your ass. Hopefully some of those landed. Well, they're all facts. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely played. And fuck, man. So perfect transition into this. Maxine, let me open this up with an embarrassing admission. So I'm a little nervous today, and that's always true. You know, we, we've had Matt on before, but it's been a long time. And anytime it, it feels like a new guest, I always kind of get my panties in a bunch. But worse than that, I've come off, I think, as desperate to Matt over the last couple of weeks. Let me give you an example. So anytime we bring guests back on, it's kind of like asking somebody out on a date for me. You know, it either happens on social media or it happens via text. And with Matt, I've been texting him. 
And what my goal is, is to come off both as important and vulnerable, you know, like, please join us. But also you want to seem like, you know, you're kind of cool. And I think I fucked that up, man. My text to him all average, like 55 words. And Matt played it hell of cool and only answered me with one word responses. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you the, uh, an example. Here's my first one to him. We haven't spoken with Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, Matt, this is Bram from the Warriors Huddle Podcast. It's been hella long, and I hope it's still cool for me to shoot you a text. We'd love to have you back on the show to talk Warriors anytime in interest over the next few weeks. Matt's response? Sure. Or today. Hey, Matt, we're looking forward to recording a podcast with you tomorrow at 430. Please let me know if you can't make that. Looks like we'll talk about Draymond and whatever and whether or not that story means anything or is just bullshit drama. Matt's response? Works. So he's been playing it hella cool, man. So I'm, I don't, Matt, it, it, did I, did I scare you with some of these texts? Was I playing it too desperate? What do you think, man? Help me here. Uh, no, you played it fine. I just, you know, I, I, I thought you were somebody else actually. <laughs> now that I see, I, yeah, I thought you were somebody else. So I just, <laughs> now nah, I'm just messing with you. Uh, no, you played it just fine. Yeah. Just fine. I, I appreciate it. I kept waiting for those three dots to appear on my screen. Like, oh, maybe Matt's going to send me something else. Didn't happen. Just didn't well, happen. You know, I'm I'm sure you have. Uh... No, you played it. You played it well. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, we got big things to talk about, man. And you are the exact guy we need. Uh, I I mentioned it up front, but you've been covering this team forever. You were in a in a phenomenal place to tell us both why this might be a big deal or small deal with the whole Draymond thing. And to be further transparent with the audience, this is an emergency podcast. Uh, Maxine, Marcus, and I have already recorded another show that we were going to release. We were going to talk to Matt about something else. Then the Draymond and Jordan Poole thing comes out. And so we had to talk about it. We're banging that other one and we're bringing Matt in. And Matt, let me start here. So I know that the Warriors have rolled out a full complement of media availability today. Um, They put up Kerr. They put up Myers. They put up Steph. And the game uh, put all of those on contemporaneously. They were live. So I didn't get a chance to listen to them. I know that you did. What's your walk away, man? Did you learn anything from the from Myers or from Steph or from Kerr? Any any new information here? Oh, I think absolutely. I I think there's a ton of new information. Uh, I think the first piece of information, or the most important, is that uh, they brought those three guys out today. Yep, I mean, it was just a regular practice. Usually, just Steve Kerr comes out and and a player or two. Um, maybe it was Steph Curry's day. I doubt it. Uh, but certainly Bob Myers wouldn't talk. So that says, you know what, this is this is a big deal. Um, and all three of those guys at one point basically said Draymond was wrong and it wasn't Jordan Poole's fault. Hmm. But Curry made a reference to, you know, Jordan Poole didn't do anything that warranted that um both curry and kerr referred to an article you know a story in uh on yahoo sports that that said that jordan Poole had changed and he was starting to you know what i mean yeah. That he was yeah old men like me used to say too big for his britches um but essentially that and so you know steve kerr went out of his way to say that was you know, even Cur- Curry said that was B- that's BS. You know, mm. it essentially saying that you know, no, that's that wasn't the way it came down. Like Jordan Poole wasn't hasn't changed. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, and, sure. Yeah, that's big. I mean, it's clear. It's, you know, everybody thinks it was Draymond's fault. Everybody thinks that he went over the line again. Okay? So now we'll see what happens. Do you feel like this is a big deal? Maxime, you heard this yeah, story. Yeah, I do. Why? I do. Go ahead. I do feel like it's a big deal. Uh, just the first reason is because um, this is just kind of the way sometimes things start to crumble with teams that have won for a while. I mean, this is, let's face it, the root of this is money. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of interesting. And I'm not criticizing Joe Lacob at all. But they're in a situation now where he's essentially said, we got four guys and we're only going to be able to pay three of them next couple of years, next two, three years. And I put Clay in that group. Some people don't. Somebody people, a lot of people just consider it Draymond, Wiggins, and Poole. I put Clay Thompson in that group because he's eligible for an extension at the end of next year. Absolutely right. At you that can, point, he'll only have one year left, and he can go get a, try to get a four-year extension. So he's part of this. And the reality of the situation is it looks like one's going to have to go. And Poole's first up to get paid, and you know Draymond made it clear that he wants an extension, and that ain't happening, so... You know, <laughs> it's money, oh, you, and that's you, and that's a, that that can be a that can be a killer at times. Of course, um, I mean, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. So, do I think this is a big deal? I, I think the way that Matt just phrased it is on the money. Do I think practice fights on their own are those big deals? No, not at all. I'm sure they happen all the time between alpha males in highly competitive scenarios. Shit, there have been times um, where people have credited practice fights in helping relationships. Look at Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr famously was punched by Michael Jordan in a 95 practice and has then come out and said that that punch is what helped their relationship. I got the quote. Here it is. Quote. I would say it definitely helped our relationship. And that probably sounds really weird for me. In that case, Michael was testing me and I responded. I felt like I kind of passed that test and he trusted me more afterwards. So does just a punch in a practice make me freak out? No, it doesn't at all. But here's why Matt's right. What it shows about the kumbaya nature of the Warriors. We've been on this podcast on shows like Steining and Guru everywhere. People have been talking about a possible source of strife for this Warriors team, but we never identified as a source of strife. We've been talking about this money thing forever, that there's a pot of money that's not enough for the amount of people that's coming for it, and they've got to you know, make difficult decisions. That's the kind of thing that could cause real drama in a locker room, and we've never acknowledged it like that. Yeah. You know, and it's not the only one. Shit, man, there's there's a legacy switch, right? We're talking yeah, about I mean, two championship windows. We're asking Draymond to pass off the baton. That's another yeah. thing that could cause all types of drama. I think we're seeing it. Well, one of the uh, topics during the, you know, the, the media availability was a generational gap on this mm-hmm. team because they have Iguodala, Draymond, uh, Curry, Clay. I don't know, you know, and then they have the young guys, Kaminga, and you know, that's it's ten years. Those guys are about ten years apart, all some some more. But uh, so I thought that was interesting. You know, the thing about Kerr and Jordan, you know, it, it yeah, Steve Kerr may say it helped our relationship, 
And to me, I take that as, <clears throat> well, what I mean by that is Michael never gave me the time of day. And then he started giving me the time of day after yep. that. Yep. So just because that's the way it went for Steve Kerr doesn't mean Jordan Poole can look the other way when Draymond Green punches him in the face. I, you know, different people are different. Some people might never be able to forgive that. I just, think, and others can. I think that is a. But Draymond's not Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. And Poole's better than Steve Kerr was as a player. Uh, you are absolutely right. Uh, Maxime, did this freak you out? You heard about the story. Do you think it was a big deal? I mean, yes and no. I I think a lot of the fan base was already anticipating the uh, this being the latter half of Draymond's career, let's say. And and you see this as an example. I mean, this is this happens across uh, you know, across humanity, right? This moment where somebody feels a little bit threatened. They feel like somebody's coming in to take their place. And exactly like Matt said, I mean, Draymond is not Michael Jordan, right? He's not going to lead the Warriors to another championship. He's going to be an integral part, no doubt, but he is not the focal point. Obviously, we all know that's Steph Curry. So, of course, Draymond feels a little bit threatened. You're adding in the money situation, but I don't even necessarily – I mean, the money is just, I think, the the final catalyst in this soup of chaos that's already brewing. But you're seeing an, a generational handoff, like you said, um, and, and we're seeing the problems exactly right now of Draymond, I think, being very uh, proud – and not completely willing to let go, but also needing to, I think, acknowledge that he's no longer the prime 2015 Draymond. I, I think that anybody in his scenario, take away his legendary competitiveness, take away that he has you know, been able to weaponize his bully status to, to four championships, right? If you are just in a scenario where you are asked to pass along your legacy, you know, and at the same time, acknowledging that uh, Matt, I'll, I'll credit you. I saw some tweets from you recently saying that if if Poole gets anywhere near the money that he's expected to get, the first year of his extension, he's going to make more money in a year than Draymond ever has in any year at any point during his career. So if you know if, if you're in this scenario where you're passing the baton to a new brash player, under the knowledge that he is getting ready to get paid more money than you ever have, is there chance for strife there? Of course there is. You know, of course there is, and and we may have seen it. Break over. Um, Matt, you just acknowledged something I was going to save to the end. Let's do it now. So one of the things that really strikes to me on this is the human angle, is the ability to forgive or forget or move on. And so take them one by one. What we know of their personalities. Let's begin with, with Poole. Do you think he will ever forgive or forget that this happened? Um, that I can't answer because I, I don't know him well enough, but I do, but I, but I hear what you're saying because, and this is what makes stuff fascinating. And this is what makes some teams championship teams and other teams come up short, but you know, Steph Curry is the leader of that team and he's the most rational. Yep. And he, at the, the last thing he said was, you know, these kind of inflection points can make or break a season. And it is possible to get through stuff like this, so that's uh, going to be too somber. But it, it's it's uh, these like inflection points and these moments can make or break a team. And my job is to let it break itself. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not over dramatizing that he said that. Well, that 
that ain't no joke. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't a joke. If that's, if he's tell like, why would he overplay that? Sure. If he were, you know, a team, he'd say, you know, he, he kind of, I think go the other way and try to underplay it. Yep. But he didn't, he said, no, this can make or break a season. And I also think what, what I got from Steph was, like he he also said something about uh, it's important how like Draymond responds to the space that they're going to give him for a yep. few days, and you know he basically said you know he's got to come back with the right frame of mind and and he's got to have the right energy, and you know I, I, the way I read into it is don't come back until you're ready to go because yeah. cause we ain't like. Can't have you putting on a show every practice. Yep. You know, like we're not Minnesota. You can't be Jimmy Butler and, you know, try to pull off what Jimmy Butler did because that was Jimmy Butler in Minnesota. You're in Golden State with Steph Curry. You know, you can't do that. So it'll be interesting. Well, and reading between those lines, you know, I mean, Curry has way more history with Draymond. Um, and for him to come out and say in consecutive sentences, this is a make or break moment. And we'll see how Draymond responds to the space we're getting ready to tell him. It doesn't take a crystal ball to hear, you know, get your shit together, man. This is right. an important thing. And we're all recognizing that. And a lot of this is landing on your shoulders. Matt, does and, this change your opinion well, on any of them? On on either Draymond or Poole or the Warriors' title hopes, you know, <laughs> as we sit here today with this news. Oh uh, yeah, actually, yes. How it does? Uh, whatever. Uh, let's say Warriors against the field two days ago. Uh, Warriors are thirty three percent against the field. Let's say uh, I, I don't. I, the the issue isn't arguing over the number. Uh, yeah, I drop him down to 25. Definitely. And why? Just because of the strife that this shows? Because because it might impact yeah. them going forward? Yeah. What what is it that would drop them down in your mind? Uh, because it's it's obvious this is not fake. It's obvious that it's a very yeah. real thing. Yeah. And we've got Draymond Green. We know his personality. We know how stubborn and headstrong he is. We also know that Jordan Poole's probably young and immature yep. and a little too co- a little too cocky for what he's done or hasn't done in the league but you know it's set up for Jordan Poole to get paid and like that's a very real dynamic by the, by the same token you know do the warriors really want to try to see if they can win a title without Draymond Green are they there yet no i don't think so no no way but i but like I, I don't know. When I was listening to Steph Curry today, you know, the, the, it, he said something interesting to me when he said, you know, he's got to come back the right way. He's got to make it about the team. He's like, all those thing, things are really important. And he said, because one of his superpowers is to bring the fire and the da-da-da-da-da. And he goes, I don't want to lose that. And I was like, huh lose that like it that sniffs of they're getting tired of it yep. man like they're getting tired of it and so that tells me 
they're, they, they, they put it all on Draymond and said, look, he, come on, man. He, it's up to you. And I'm sure they, I'm sure they didn't find, I'm sure they, well, I don't know if they find it, but I'm sure they didn't, they're not going to make him sit for a game. They're just saying, they probably said to him, you know what? You come back when you're ready to play. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Well, then this- what, you know, don't come to practice tomorrow. We're off Friday. After that, come back whenever you're ready. This approach, their approach of what, so, you know, I don't have any inside information. I have no reason, um, no stories I'm thinking of specifically as I say this into this mic, but I'm confident this isn't the first time Draymond stepped over a line during a practice. I'm sure there's been a bunch of instances where he was doing too much. And the fact that this time they not only immediately reported it, but then put out a media availability line of Kerr, Myers, and Curry, and Curry is acknowledging it as a big deal, shows that you know there's there's something else going on there. There's there's um, their approach to some of Draymond's antics may have flipped a little bit. And to answer my own question, so this doesn't change how I view Jordan Poole or Draymond Green. You know, I, I the fact that Poole may have been talking hell of shit or viewing himself in an even higher light now after the success he had isn't shocking. And the idea that Draymond Green might be pushing people around in a practice or getting too physical. Again, not shocking. Doesn't change anything. So the only thing that could change would be my view on their title hopes. Um, I'm going to hedge optimistic. You know, if, if I've spent the last, God, I don't know, at least five years praising the shit out of this team for their championship culture and their pedigree and, you know, all the things that make them who they are. So if if those things are true, then can they survive a practice fight? Of course they can. And maybe we've already seen that. Maybe, you know, maybe Iguodala's tweets yesterday and Curry's approach today is what's what's fixing the divide. But I'd be lying to say I'm positive that, you know, I'm I'm a little worried. Maxime, this change your opinion on any of those? Well, look, in in some ways I I, I view this as a positive. Draymond is absolutely one of my favorite players. Um, he might actually be my favorite player on the Warriors. Um, I respect everything that he's done. We've said it on this podcast multiple times that he's the heartbeat of the team, but that doesn't mean that he's the only person that can be the heartbeat of the team. I think we acknowledge, you know, look, I, I've had people that are difficult to work with in the workplace and they might be great performers, but at a certain point, it's so exhausting that it's going to burn you out from having the whole team succeed at the highest level. Just because Draymond used to be the vocal center point doesn't mean that Kavon Looney is not now taking on that role and being real vocal on both ends of the floor. It might be that the team feels generally that they've learned what they need to learn from Draymond to be able to have a different heartbeat of the team, so to speak. It will be it will look completely different because there's only one Draymond. There's no doubt that his defensive IQ specifically is brilliant and that he can quarterback on both ends of the floor, all the things that we know about. But at a certain point, if it's too exhausting for the team, as Matt's been saying, for this to continue forward and have us have championship success, then it's almost a good thing that we're doing these sorts of growing pains so that we can move on and figure out a new way to structure our team with a different heartbeat that actually might be more successful for this next generation that might be more successful for a Steph Curry who's been doing this for a long time and just maybe doesn't need this type of aggro energy as he moves into the later stages of his career. 
I will say, I mean, I want to go on record. Um, I, I wasn't there. I don't know what the hell happened. Don't have any inside information, but this is not a deal breaker for me for Draymond. Um, I, I still view what his value is to this team. I legitimately believe if you take him off the roster today, tomorrow, the Warriors are no longer a title contender. I think he is that fucking important. Um, but I also agree with what seems to be the approach from the Warriors and saying, Hey, you don't just have a blank check to shithouse everybody, you know, like that, that's not true. Um, and if it was true in the past, it's certainly not true now. And we need, you know, you have to curtail some of this stuff. You, you don't, you can't just keep continuing down this path. There's going to be some repercussions. I mean, I'm not sure. I completely agree with you that they can't win it from this point on without Draymond. Um, I'm willing to say that they wouldn't have won any of their four titles without him. Yep. But it, to me, if there's ever a chance, if, you know, it's starting to become the time when you got to a think about it yep. and B start using some of the time he doesn't play to really look at where you're at. And yes, he's very important, but he's going to play less and less probably. Yep. And you know, he's just he's a, he's a he's a tricky guy um, because they'll never get value for him, never. Yep. And and now it's like he's so he I was going to say he's so funny and he kind of is half the time. But he said on his on that uh, with LeBron on the shop that basically can't stand playing against terrible teams. It's just just hard, and he's not into it, and and. You know, we all saw the season. They won 15 games. I mean, a lot of a lot of Warrior fans are still kind of pissed that he just he just kind of threw in the towel on that. You know, that year. Oh yeah. So, you know, there's a lot going on with well, with this entire situation. You, where you and I agree on that, Matt. Um, you know, so the Belichicks of the world, the Popoviches of the world, the way that they maintain that consistent excellence isn't that they give up on stars when they're no longer good. That's not their move. They give up on stars when they are starting to no longer be good, when they still have the ability to, to contribute to a championship team so you can get something back, but they can see the end of the road. That might be exactly where we're with. On, on Draymond. You know, I, I think that Draymond is more valuable to the Warriors this year than Poole is. But if you look at it as a five-year stretch, there's no question it's Poole, you know, and, and Draymond's value is going to go down. And if you are ever going to look on moving on Draymond, you're going to want to do it when you can get something back on a trade package, you know, and, and that might be now. I'm, I don't well, think... See, should... I, well, and, and that's where that's where I think Draymond kind of kills you. I mean, like I said, he just came out and said, like, he, he, 25 teams cannot and will not trade for Draymond Green because yep. they're not a title contender yep. and he won't play hard. Yep. And and you're absolutely right. That, that's the other thing about him. He's such an anomaly. He gets credit for nobody plays harder than Draymond Green. It's like, and nobody kind of, you know, he's learned a lot from Iguodala also. Oh, hell so, yeah. He knows when to shut it down also. So I don't know. Um, they they might be, and, and this was the year, I'm not saying they had, you know, obviously Draymond was big in the finals. And I like I said, I don't think they could have won it without him. 
But when he got hurt, they won nine in a row. They won nine in a row. Then they then they started coming back to earth. Um, you know, in the postseason, they won games when he stunk or didn't play, and they used to. They used to not be able to do that. They used to need Draymond to play pretty well, yep. at least, you know, most of the time. He didn't play great most of the time. He played great some of the time. So all these things you factor in and you think, maybe this is when you try to win it without it. Sure. I, you yeah. know. And you, and then you also consider things like Wiggins proving on the biggest stage that he is an interchangeable defender in a way that he never was anywhere else, or that Moody, you know, might represent a uh, a real option there, or that Kaminga's size and athleticism will actually be weaponized. There's other reasons. There's other people. There's 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 approaches or people who might be able to do some of the things that Draymond um, used to be the only person who could do them. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Let's make this personal. So, Matt, if this happened to you, and I don't mean punch, right? So, like, if any of us got punched, if I got punched, I'm never forgiving or forgetting the person who hit me in the face. But the thing is that that might be specific to their workplace, right? They they are they are constantly pushing each other. They are, like I said before, alpha males. They're in a super competitive environment. So let's make this something specific to our jobs, like that's specific to theirs. So like if in your job, Matt, somebody stepped over a line, didn't do something that was out of the realm of possibilities, but went too far. Let's say guru goes, uh, you know, in the course of a show goes out and starts talking shit that he shouldn't be says a secret that you told him publicly on air or, you know, just, just, you know, does something. It's not a punch, but the verbal equivalent of a punch in, in your guy's profession, would you ever be able to get over it? You know I mean? I'll go first. I, I still hold grudges of people who like wouldn't give me rides home from fucking high school. I'm a psychopath, you know, and I, I'll never tell them, but when I occasionally see them, it's still in the back of my mind. So like, can I forgive or can I forget things? Sure. You know, if, if, if forgetting it will help us um, some mutually beneficial thing, if I'm working with somebody and I've got to forget it so that we can continue to work it, I can do that but I'll never fucking forgive them. It will always be there in my mind. That's who I am. Who are you? Because I feel like you might be closer to me that, that you would hold on to it. But yeah, the, the, you tell well, us. Well, the way you described, you know, I thought you were going to say, and Guru walked over to you and punched you in the face. Yeah, but well, that, that ne- it would never happen in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but, and, but then the way, the way you phrased it, said something on air, like, dropped the secret that he shouldn't have yeah well that i mean see, this, is, this is now i gotta know if it was an honest mistake or not because it could theoretically be an uh, honest mistake sure and i could be really upset and really disappointed and i'd be like holy shit i am up shit's creek <laughs> but if he didn't mean to do it yeah, that's a big difference yeah. between that and doing it to mess with my life yeah. So let's, let's assume the worst, but you guys get in a verbal spat, you know, the same way I assumed something happened at practice that, that it started off innocently enough. It started off within the bounds, you know, and then, then 
Iyer got up a little bit. You guys got a little competitive, and he's like, "Fuck that!" And then suddenly, you know, it says something into the mic that you didn't want him to say. Would you be able to move beyond it? Um, boy, that's a hard one. I'll tell you what, I'd be more. I, I think it'd be harder for me to move beyond a guy punching me in the face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, of course, of course. You know, but but do you? I mean. So I said before that you're the perfect guy for this and I fucking meant it, you know, so the, the, you, this, this is old hat to people who've been following the team forever, but maybe to some of the new generation who's just followed this team through the championships. Don't remember that the last time the Warriors had a practice problem, Sprewell was choking PJ Carlissimo. And we know that Matt fucking knows it. Cause he was the guy who covered the story. That's what I was talking about before. He won a, a story of the year on it um and so the he has seen practices go bad but i say that only because you know yes of course a punch in in our normal lives is a huge deal would not happen nothing would lead to that but i imagine in the physicality of an nba uh you know practice not that it happens all the time but it's not the same as if it happened in a desk job or in a radio no doubt no doubt but how many times during the course of an nba season does a teammate punch another teammate? Yep. And not, not very and, <laughs> You know, probably less than five times. Yeah. And, you know, the Warriors are, but if you've been following the Warriors, like it's, it's, it's incredible. Once I saw this story and I was like, oh my God, yeah, you take a step back and you're like, huh, I could see that. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if you, if you, Watch the Warriors like we do. Yep. You can say, I can see that coming. Uh, Draymond, you know, is, I mean, you can just, we don't have, that's what we're doing a podcast on. Absolutely right. The fact that, yep. you know, Jordan Poole's cocky for how young he is, but he really helped. Well, how much did he help? Well, they might not have won some games without him. Well, they wouldn't have won titles without Draymond. Well, Draymond's on the decline and Poole's, on the upswing. Well, you know what? Pool's good, but he ain't all that. He's not worth them. You know, it's fascinating. Absolutely right. Yeah. How about you, Maxime? If it happened in your job, not a punch, something, you know, something functionally equivalent, would you ever be able to get over it or would you hold it secretly in your mind against them forever? The latter. I mean, you're talking about forgiving and forgetting. I literally think the only reason I would be able to forgive is if I literally forgot. Right. And that's where I don't totally understand what you're saying, Bram, you know, like, I'm not the brightest dude, right? I literally do forget shit. But the stuff that I really can't forgive, <laughs> I don't think I would ever forget. So it's it's like it's sort of a funny catch-22 situation, but I know that I would not be able to allow somebody to move on from it in my mind. Matt, if you could only pick one, you know, if Myers gave you a call tonight and was okay. like, Steinmetz, I need you. I don't know what the hell to do here. You know, I can only keep one of these guys. And, and I understand that that's not the financial reality, but just to make this entertaining, they call you and say, you can only keep Draymond or you can only keep pool. What's your advice? I'll tell you what, I think it's actually the, uh, the good question because, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of people out there that know basketball and I've heard different answers. Yep. You know, guys, you know, people that I do respect their opinion. Uh, I got to go with Jordan Poole. I mean, I just have to. Why? Um, and the, I mean, like it's nothing personal. The, to me, the biggest reason is when you go to basketball reference and you see that Jordan Poole's 23 and Draymond <laughs> Green's an old 32. I mean, that matters. Yeah. 
that freaking matters more than actually might matter more than that Draymond's a jerk, quite frankly. How about if we um, limit it just this season? Because of course you're right. I mean, the, the second you factor that in and we're talking about, you know, hopefully competing for titles five years down the line, you're, you're going to want the, the person with the brighter future. So how about just for this season, you could only keep one. Is the answer the well, same? I mean, here's what I'm, here's what I'm saying. I'm willing to acknowledge they might have a slightly better chance to win a title with Draymond than Poole, but I don't give up the possibility they could win one without Draymond Green. Yeah, yeah. I think that's within the realm of possibility. But I just think if you look at the scenario, if you, you won four titles, four titles, it's like if you're ever going to move off one of the guys, yep. you can do it right now. Yeah. This would this would be the time, I think. But you know, there is that old thing. I mean, he's still under contract, and do you do you let it? You know, I, you know, it's funny. We're talking about like something's going to happen in the next week. That's probably not what's going to happen. They're going right. to play the season. Right. The the, the next domino that's going to fall is whether Poole gets the extension. Yep. But. But part of me, when I saw this fight, thought, I wonder if inside the organization and on the team, they already know Poole's getting that extension, and he's already been chirping about it. And Draymond knows that. Draymond asked for a max extension, which was never going to happen. And so maybe, like, the fight is almost a post, so they are going to re-sign right. Jordan Poole. Or, I'm sorry, extend him. And and. You know, I don't know whether they will or not. That's another one where if I had a bet, like if you said you have to bet one way or the other, it's a it's a hard one, but I think <laughs> I think they will. I, but I mean, it's I, one of those things that if they don't, like don't tell me I'm wrong. I'm just telling you, like, I think it's really – I could see both ways. No, I understand what you're saying. And I'll tell you what, you also, you gave me some clarity right there. So if, if I am the person who's in charge with of negotiating with Pools Camp, right? I got till October 17th. I want to keep this guy in fucking pocket. You know, I know it's going to be an uphill climb. Hero just signed for $130 million. I've got all these, all these things pointed against me. And then this happens. One of the things I'd be telling the Warriors front office is, you better make this feel a lot better before I go back into that negotiation room. Somebody better go out there and make it clear that we are blaming Draymond, not Poole. Somebody better make make it clear that this is not going to continue. And it sounds like, you know, that's that was the messaging. You know, they, they've come out and said this is not Poole's fault, that Draymond needs right. space. He needs to react to this. And all of that screams to me they're they're aware of the ongoing negotiations and, you know, are, are hedging towards Poole a little bit. That's It's a guess, a bald-faced guess, but it feels like an educated one. Well, yeah, and I think, and I think that's what I was talking about with the things that Curry said. Yeah, that I thought that jumped out at me was, you know, he's got to, you know, I don't want to lose what Draymond brings, and but he's got to come back the right way. Yeah, you know, the last time something like this happened was when it was him and Durant, and yep. he got mad that he got suspended. He said a year ago on a podcast that Bob and Steve effed it up. I remember with yep. Durant. Yeah, I remember. He, throw, he threw the front office <laughs> under the bus. So 
You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. It's... How does this compare? How, I mean, going back to just organizationally, because the other thing that entertains me, I, I was listening to you on the radio a little bit this morning. I think it was John Dickinson who was sitting in for Guru. And one of the things you pointed out when, when they announced that they were bringing in Kerr and they're bringing in Myers and they're bringing in Curry, that, hey, you respected how the Warriors were handling this, that they weren't trying to sweep it under the rug. You know, shit, it, it happened. Let's talk about it, which is what made me want to ask you this. How would you compare how the Warriors are handling this under the Lakeup regime versus how they handled the Spreewell thing back under the dark Cohan era? Oh, God. I mean, it's almost it's almost not worth getting into because it's so the environments are so different. It's almost like trying to compare the basketball. It's almost an entirely different sport. Um, I will say this though, you know, and, and I, I do think it's telling and I think it's a sign of their confidence, which comes off four titles and they, you know, but by sending those three guys out, they basically said, Hey, look, we ain't going to try to even hide this. Yep. Yep. Um, but there was one time when I was, you know, because we were just doing it live, taking it live, and I was listening live. I did look at John Dickinson, I think once during Bob Myers and once during Curry, and I was like, you know what? It's too much. They don't need to go into this much detail huh. about it. I, there was a point when – um, and, and, you know, you didn't, I don't know. There were just some things where, I mean, look, if I'm criticizing you for being too forthcoming, that's not too bad of a thing, but yeah. there were just things that they were saying. I'm like, huh, that's cool. They don't have to say that. They don't yeah. have to say this, you know, um, wish I could give you an example now. Oh, I thought this was interesting. Um, you know, everybody there referred to there was a great vibe at practice today. Well, Draymond wasn't there. <laughs> he wasn't there. Like, did, did that jump out to anybody else? Yeah, I, I Curry mentioned it three times. Matt, your your take of I mean, I, I so I, I mean, I said it early on. I didn't listen to any of the media availability. Oh, gotcha. Um, and and but and so I was when I asked you that that kind of softball question of, you know, what did you take away? I didn't think there was going to be any, you know, any big explosive takes. Kerr's take of, you know, this is, or I'm sorry, Curry's take of, this is the kind of thing that can destroy a team or destroy a season. That's a huge fucking admission. That's not a small take at all. That that could easily fall into the, maybe you don't have to say this much, but it it's super revealing. You know, I mean, it's, it's a telling statement. I mean, you know, and the the thing was also, you know, it was on a Zoom call, so you could you could watch it, which we did. Yep. And you know, body language is is important. Yep. And and Bob Myers, right off the bat, you could tell was just like tired. Like this is old. This is old. Like not a funny haha. It's old. Of like, course. Of this course. Ain't cool anymore. And even Curry, you know, Curry said at one point, you know, nothing Jordan did warranted what happened. 
So even he distanced himself from Draymond. So it's it's starting to become clear to me that it's up to Draymond Green to come back with his tail between his legs. Plain and simple. Matt, here is um, – I ditched this question because I know I was keeping you long, but to give a sense, I mean, of course I agree with you. One of the questions was, is this the worst thing Draymond has done um, off the court or put differently? Is punching Jordan Poole the most damage he's ever done to a Warriors title hubs? And here are the other nominees. Kelly and Kevin Durant, he was a bitch, which played a role in Durant leaving, screaming at Kerr during a halftime so loudly – in Oklahoma City in 2016, the cops were called. Remember, Lisa Salters had it. And, and yeah, and and, and they yeah. reported the I'm not a robot thing. And then now punching JP. Of course yeah. they're exhausted. I mean, of course they are. Uh, the o- with this. To me, the OK City halftime is the biggest. <laughs> the cops are but, called? That's a big thing. But this is but this is this is one A. It's not two. Yeah. And the reason it's one A is because very infrequently does a teammate punch a teammate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if we look at how the story was told, right? This thing first comes out yesterday and the word punched was not attached. Right. You know, that everyone was kind of was dancing around it because we didn't have the details. And that word is nasty enough where you don't include it until you know it for sure. That underlines this doesn't happen. You know, I, I I keep trying to say that anything can happen in NBA practice. And I, you know, I'm sure that they're all altercations. But of course, you're right. You don't hear the word punched. You don't hear that at all. Last time I think I heard it was Bobby Portis. And the guy he punched is no longer in the league. I think it's Miratech. And he ended up bouncing to Europe, you know. So, yeah, this doesn't happen. No. And uh, it's a team that's uh, defending champs. Yeah. Yeah, and and known for their like kumbaya locker room, you know, and exactly. a coach who's best known for keeping everybody happy, which leads to this completely unattached question, and uh, it's conversational whiplash. My apologies, but I need your opinion. Sure. I had this conversation both with a friend and then recently on the podcast, but the person I had it with on the podcast isn't from here. He wasn't qualified to have it. If I'm if I'm being honest, the question is this: Is Steve Kerr the best coach in Bay Area history? I would say no. Who? I would say Bill Walsh. Yeah. All right. Why? I'd say Bill Walsh because Bill Walsh was more of an innovator than Steve Kerr. Bill Walsh invented something. Steve Kerr utilized a style of play that had been used infrequently with success but you had to have the right kind of team and it was very rare on the professional level yeah sure but it existed um so no, I, I, got you. Give, yeah. I i consider walsh an inventor and then i just also feel like maybe you know walsh built it from nothing and steve kerr and joe lacob you know they walked into steph curry yeah they just did and you know, that's the one, that's the other thing that I can't wait to see is whether Steph Curry is all of the culture or not. Yeah, sure. Sure. So. Huh? Fair enough. Matt, I appreciate you. I am. Yeah, man, no problem. No, this, this was hella fun. I know I'm not the only one who enjoyed it for people who need way more Steinmetz in their life. Where do they go? Uh, 95, seven, the game 12 to three. We are the uh, Warriors flagship. So there's a lot of warrior talk on it for sure. 
Excellent. Well, you know where to find us. You guys want to shoot us an email. Uh, let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. Get us a question. You can shoot that to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. We're not really out on social media. Only one spot, uh, Twitter. That's at Warriors Huddle. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you next week. Good, good. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.